The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, today our show is really a, a show of sadness and rebirth and happiness at the same time. So I want to talk to you about this wonderful book I've been reading called From Death to Life. It is the incredible true story of Anthony Joseph, and this is by Terry Ann Russell, who lost her son uh, to a medical emergency. He passed just last year in 2019, and she is just an amazing woman, and this book is, is truly touching my soul since we also, she lost her 27-year-old son, and you know we lost Ryan, who was only 32. So I could really relate to this book. And, you know, Terri Ann Russell has always been a, a, a connection. She's had a connection with spirit and fought her true calling for many years while she was living a life that, that she says was really not hers. She raised a family in a small town in New Jersey until her youngest daughter was born with a life-threatening illness. And that situation just shifted her then. And through her healing and growth, um, she realized that, you know, from having to help her daughter heal, she discovered her true calling in energy healing. And this experience solidified the need for her to continue on the path of learning all that she could about energy healing and becoming a medium. And she spent many more years studying with mentors and meditating to enhance her gifts, which probably was really helpful to her as she ended up really channeling or just, you know, not channeling, but really communicating with her son. She, uh, she, this book kind of takes us on a voyage of her own self-discovery as she relates to the struggle following the sudden death of her son, Anthony. And from that despair, which really was very obviously traumatic and, life changing for her, she emerged to find uh, that Anthony on the other side really could communicate with her and they became two souls who created a plan to reincarnate in our time to teach us that love is truly eternal. And this book is really about dealing with grief, dealing with communicating with people on the other side. And I just really love it and wanted to share that with my audience. So, Terri Ann, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. And Anthony is here with us, too. So um, anything you want to ask, feel free to ask him. Um, it's been an amazing journey, as you said. Uh, you know, he's just not even past 11 months now. So to have written this book, had it published, it's just been an amazing journey for me. Yeah, and you had your own journey even before he passed. You had years ago um, your own near-death experience. You want to share with us what happened to you? Yeah, I was um, I was really sick. I had an upper respiratory infection, and a few weeks before I had the near-death experience, I had a premonition. And I had told my husband at the time, you know, I think I'm going to go into cardiac arrest. You really need to watch me. And he's he's like, like sort of shrugged it off, you know, like, you're being overdramatic. You have what we, you know, what we all had. We were all sick at that time. And so a couple of weeks later, I did have a near-death experience. I was, and this came same true the way the premonition did. I was uh, floating outside of my body, and I can see the um, paramedics working on me on the bed in the bedroom, and they're pounding my chest, and my plate was there, my daughter, my husband, they were crying. But this time, with the near-death experience, I was sort of going further away than I had in my premonition. In my premonition, I sort of just stayed, like, hovering about the ceiling. But in my near-death experience, I floated further away. And, I, you know, I could tell what I was leaving. I still had this immense connection. But, I can, you know, where I was going was just so beautiful. And I was so entranced by this, this beautiful light that I, I couldn't really, you know, day but I heard go back and like immediately I was transported back into my body and when I woke up from that I was the ambulance being brought to the hospital Mm. you know I've I've had a family member I had a cousin who when she was having her third child uh they by you know the nurses just left her afterwards in recovery and um, she literally bled to death, and they came in and they saw her. Her heart had stopped. They took her back into the OR, and I don't know what they were doing in the operating room. And she also told us that she saw herself hovering above that. She mm-hmm. she saw what they were saying. She told us what they were saying, what they were doing. And um, she was going to this the light, and then this um, uncle of hers that was already on the other side said, go back, go back, it's not your time. And then she <laughs> came back into her body. And, um, and you know, we all went, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> wow. But she definitely died, and she told the doctors exactly what they said when her heart had stopped, when she had literally gone. And, mm-hmm. and they all said, yeah. So, I mean, we know that this kind of stuff happens quite a bit. There are near-death experiences, and people experience going and coming back, which would happen to you, too. Yes, and it was a, it was a life changing for me. You know, I, I was searching years ago for this deeper understanding, this place that I could never get to. And so, at that moment, I realized more than ever that you know there's a reason I'm here, and I need to get going. And my life sort of after that near death experience, it really unfolded like it was choreographed. Like you know, I would just hear a message or get a message, and I would follow it like moving to Sedona, you know, we moved yeah. to Sedona maybe a, a couple of years after that, but I was guided to do that. So all these things change and shifted after that near-death experience. Right, right. Now, when you had that premonition, was it in your sleep or did you have it during the day? It was during the day. I was meditating and it scared me. 
Mm. It was like so real and so clear and crisp. And, and I'm not very clairvoyant, so I don't see a lot of things, but I <clears throat> hear messages and I feel messages. Interesting. So when my clairvoyance is like spot on like that, like it's so clear and crisp, yeah. I've learned to really pay attention to what that is. And so at that time, I was just like, oh, my God. And it was so scary to me because I was so sick at the time. Right. And I, I have a heart murmur. And my husband had given me, you know, a baby dose of albuterol, our daughter's albuterol. And yeah. that's what sent my heart into that. Yeah. Wow. So you know, it was scary. You know, and, and this isn't just, you know, so, this can happen. These premonitions can happen to anybody. I had a dream before my dad died, this is this was a very difficult time in my life, where um, I was going through a divorce. My kids were little. My dad, my mom had passed. My dad was very sick, and I was just really kind of overwhelmed. And I had this dream that um, I I was at the at back in college in this long dorm, and I went into my room and somebody said, "Your baby died," and. Um, I went, oh my God, and I saw myself making phone calls and dealing with everything and then waking up in a sweat. And I told oh this, I know, I told this to my therapist at the time because I was going through a divorce and I was going through, she said, you know, Mari, this something in you is dying. This is not real. Well, um, so I had to go up. I had just been appointed to a state bar committee and, and the meeting was at a uh, airport hotel, you know how the long, long hallways, which mm-hmm. as I'm walking down this hallway, it looked like my dream, you know, instead of a dorm, it was hotel room. So I walk in there and, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And I go to sleep and I wake up the next morning to a phone call. And my this lady that um, I had hired to help take care of my dad, he was in a boarding care home by then. She calls and she you know, because he was getting a little bit demented. So she called up Mm -hmm. and she said, our baby died, meaning him. And oh, my God. And I went, oh, my God. And and then here I was in this same hotel. And then Mm -hmm. in my dream, I had to go somewhere and everybody who I didn't know was consoling me. Well, I couldn't get an airplane uh, flight back home until late that afternoon. So I went to the meeting and I just went up to the chair and I said, you know what, I'm going to sit here. I'm not going to talk. I j- my dad just died, but I'm coming to the meeting because I don't want to just sit there and be alone and cry. So she, so ev- she told everybody. So they all came oh, up to wow. me and they're consoling me. And these are people I didn't know from all over California. Mm-hmm. So I came back and told my therapist and I told her, she goes, oh, well, there was definitely premonition. Definitely, you know. So, Amazing. yeah, it can happen, you know. For me, when I have psychic dreams, it's, it's psychic dreams. That's how it happens to me. But right. um, I've never really had anything that happened in a meditation, even though I've meditated for many years. Mm-hmm. But to me, it seems to come in dreams. So people might want to pay attention to their dreams, right? Yes, absolutely. Dreams are very powerful, you know. I say I talk about in the book about yeah. dreams. Yep. And, you know, the first agenda is for us to rest and heal from, you know, our physical existence. But then after that, there's so many different types of dreams. My dreams seem to be very, um, sometimes they're either very metaphorical or they're very literal. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to 
to tell which the dream is about. But I've been keeping track of my dreams for almost about two and a half years now. Mm. So I have a, a lot of dreams tracked. <laughs> right, right. Amazing. So let's talk a little bit about Ant or Butters, um, or your son Anthony, who was he had two names, Ant or Butters. Um, when I read what he he says to you, you know, he's saying, "Hey, Ma, it's okay. You know, I'm here." <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just pretty amazing. Tell us a little bit about him. <clears throat> he was an amazing person in the physical. Since he was a small child, he was very social. He was much different than my other children. Him and my, my youngest daughter, there's about 17 years between them, and, and they're very similar in the fact that people have always said there's an old, they're an old soul. They have this deep longing when they look in their eyes. And um, he had told me when he was about three years old that he chose me to be his mom, mm-hmm. and I was not spiritually open at that time. And I was like, okay, you know. Right. But later on, when I had my daughter, now I was more spiritually open, and my daughter told me the same thing. And that's why when we talk about contracts, all that stuff in there about how you're chosen and all of that. But he was just this amazing person. And I don't really even think I understood the person he was until after he passed. You know, so many people attended his funeral and people that I didn't know and people that would tell me how he would just help them or take them in. He had this, he he was very empathic, you know, so he would really... Mm-hmm. You know, if you told him you were hurt, he would really feel that to the extent Mm. of feeling it in his body. Um, So that did weigh heavy on him sometimes and caused him some anxiety. But he loved to help people. You know, he would sit and talk to a stranger for hours if he thought that that would make them feel better. Mm. And I know after... He's a beautiful person. Yeah, and I know you, you talk in the book about how after he passed, you read his journals and you started to know him in a very different way and so that that also was pretty amazing for you to just get to know him with in in that way after he passed yeah it was it was weird reading his words after he passed um he talked about um some dreams and premonitions that he had as well and i talk about that in the book too um so I feel like, you know, his one dream about the, the doorways that I talk about, it was a premonition for him. And after that, right. his life sort of shifted as well. So, you know, when we talked earlier about premonitions and dreams, very much so. It can be, a you know, an, an opening for you to see that, you know, hey, you know, you only have this much time or yeah. this is what's going on. Pay right. attention, you know, and his, his life shifted after that. Right, so after he passed, why don't you talk about how he came to you? I think it was the first night, right, if I remember correctly? It was within a few hours. Um, We live about an hour away from him, and uh, they had sent an officer to our door. He passed, I believe, at 10 o'clock. I still haven't read the medical report, so I don't have an exact time. But um, I think it was around 10, and around 2 o'clock in the morning, the officer came to our door, and he notified us that he had passed, and Within that time of talking to the Flagstaff police and the officer at our house, he was so present in my field. I mean, I was screaming and yelling because I couldn't understand what was going on. You know, I'm a medium, so I'm used to connecting with spirits, but now this is my child you're talking about. And if I'm acknowledging that he's here, that means that he's dead. You know, and at that point, I I was so distraught and so confused. I could not understand. My psyche could not understand what was happening. So I could feel him. I could sense him. I could 
smell him. He was yelling at me. All of my senses were on high alert. My ear was ringing, like my angel ear, I call it, was ringing really high pitch. So uh, I was having like over sensory load on my system. And I was just like, no, this isn't happening. So Mm. at that point, I did not want to hear from him because that would mean that he was dead. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, obviously grief, the first thing is shock, disbelief, you know, not going, no, no, that isn't it. So that is so, you know, normal for you to go through that. And then, yeah, I remember you said you really didn't even understand him at that point. But then what happened then kind of shared later about how you started communicating with him? Yeah, so later on he started communicating more with me and it, I was starting to adjust to it. I was trying trying to get into that place. I was still very distraught. Um, even at the funeral, I could feel him. It's so hard to describe and put into words. Like I would be yelling on my knees. I can't do this without you. Mm. And this peace and this love would fill my body and I would be okay. I would be able to get up and walk around and speak to people. And it was just the weirdest sort of feeling for me. I still was not fully comprehending what was going on. You know, I wanted God to take me. This is my child. You know, he was perfectly healthy. We had seen him. We had been on vacation for a week in June for his birthday. Mm. We had just seen him a few days before, perfectly healthy. And so, you know, having this shock and disbelief, I just could not believe it, you know. Mm. It It was unbearable at that point. And I knew, because of what I do, I know that I was getting, like, these messages or these thoughts that were not mine to kill myself, to go follow him. And at that point, I knew I was in trouble because I knew that wasn't me. As much as I love my son and I miss my son, this was not me saying these things to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, because that's part of the grieving process, you know, Mm -hmm. that that can happen. Like, you just, I mean, I remember just how horrible that I felt like when I lost my sister or how when I, you know, when we lost Ryan. I mean, I, I, it's understandable. You just want to stop the pain and just, yes. yeah, yeah. The physical pain. I was, I think I was more overwhelmed how much the physical pain that I had in my body. Yeah. Like I describe it as if somebody ripped my heart out of my chest. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't think. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do yeah. Anything except wonder, how is this happening to us? Right. You know, right. and I want him back. I don't care what I contracted to. I would argue with him in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. as I went on, I learned about our contract and I was able to see it. But I was like, well, I don't want to do this contract anymore. You know, <laughs> I signed up for that contract when I was in spirit. And in spirit, everything is beautiful and wonderful. So, yeah, now I'm here and I don't want to do this. Well, the people that are listening probably, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I think the people that are listening don't understand what you mean by this contract. Mm -hmm. And I know when he explained to you (laughs) what the contract was that, you know, before that your soul is not, it probably has incarnated many times. So before you came into this body, you made certain agreements before you came in about what you're going to do, what you're going to learn, what you're going to work on you know, who you're going to be with. Um, you know, I always think at, there's times that I sometimes think my daughter was my mother, <laughs> you know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and maybe my mother was my daughter and my sister was my daughter and my husband was, uh, you know, I 
did some past life regression with Brian Weiss, with my husband, and I saw a past life where I was the wife and he was the husband, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, I was the husband and he was the wife. So, um, right. you know, you make all these different contracts to come in. So that's what you're talking about is that, you know, you made a contract that he wasn't going to be here that long, right? Yeah, there are extensive plans that we make when we're in spirit with our soul group. And so it just doesn't only benefit him or I, it benefits our whole soul group and all of humanity, actually. The mission, when you come here before I became Terry Ann, is complicated. So the lot goes into planning this. And in Anthony and I's, my, our case, um, he wanted me to know because his departure was so sudden. They had, he was gone to urgent care. He wasn't feeling good. They sent him home with a stomach bug diagnosis. And within a few hours, he was calling, you know, his roommate was calling 911. He was dying, and they could not save him. Um, so what was in it? his case, yeah. he, um, his, uh, similar to my daughter, his pancreas became necrotic, oh. and it wrapped around his spleen, rupturing oh. his spleen. Oh, my God. So he bled to death within a matter of hours. Oh, dear. And they sent him home with a stomach bug diagnosis. Oh, my God. So what he wanted me to know was that this was not an accident. It's not malpractice. Mm-hmm. Um, this was clearly contracted in his contract that he would go at this time at 27 in the easiest way possible for Anthony to go, mm-hmm. you know, so separate from the oversoul. You know, this was Anthony's easiest way for Anthony to go. Quick. Contracted Quick, both. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he completed his mission, so... When you have these exit points, we all have these exit points in our life, and usually there's like three or four. Some souls have more. I've heard that my daughter has as many as 13 because of the issues that she's had. Mm. Um, But usually you have three or four, and so that's like a certain time frame. It's not a specific date. But that time frame gives you an allotted time about when your soul is going to leave. Right. Um, So finding out all this through him helped me to understand it a little bit better. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I told you before we came on that we went to a medium after we lost Ryan and he told us all these things that helped us. So, you know, when you're going through this horrible sense of loss and grieving, um, which is what you went through, even though you knew he was okay on the other side, it's still Mm -hmm. your loss. So kind of talk to us about, because this book really is beautiful, not only for what your experience was and how he teaches in this book along with you, but also about the whole grieving process. So talk about how he helped you through the grieving process. Yeah, grieving is so individual, and we all grieve so differently. I mean, I have two older sons that are in their 20s also, and I have two daughters, a stepdaughter and a daughter who are 15 and 10, and they all grieve so different. My parents grieve different. So we all have this different way that we deal with our grief. You know, someone may um, avoid it altogether and just work, work, work. You know, someone else may, like, numb it and not want to feel it. But with me, he really wanted me to be able to feel this all. It was necessary for me to feel it, to heal it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had to really go in. And and so right away I got, like, they called them triggers. I I wanted to know everything about grief that I could in the beginning because I was fighting this beast. I mean, in the beginning I was fighting to stay here. So I I wanted to learn how do I heal all this that's going on. And he would come to me and say, Mom, you've got to rest. You've got to do some energy healing on yourself. This, this, it's physical as well as mental and emotional. 
Right. You know, so we'd do work together with energy healing, and I'd work on my triggers. And I, I wanted to learn everything that I could about how I can start to heal this, because I, at that point, I still knew I was in a lot of trouble. Right. And, you know, it seems to me from just reading your book and talking to you that, you know, it, it's like he was there to teach you how to help other people to grieve as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, to, to understand that they're not dead, they're not gone. He kept saying, I would argue with him around the house. I'm like, I can't believe you're dead. And he'd like be yelling, I'm not dead, Mom. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. So we'd have like this running joke. And so then I changed it. I can't believe you're not in the physical with us. He couldn't argue with that, right? <laughs> right. 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 But he was trying to teach you. I mean, throughout yeah. the book, you have him talking to you and and you, you know, what you're feeling at the time. So his, um, I guess you were really audiovoyant. Is that what they call it? <laughs> Instead of... Uh, closer audience, yes, I, I can hear him a lot. So when I channel him, um, it's through a lot of it is through hearing. So I may hear him say messages inside of my head, or if it's really imperative that I hear it, I will hear him outside of my body. You know, like in the beginning when he was yelling, I'm okay, I could hear him outside of my body yelling, I'm okay, mom. It was like there was like a glass wall separating us and he was garbled, but I could hear him outside. So when I channel him, a lot of times I hear him in my head. Right, right. Mm -hmm. so, um, so he really wanted me to know that, that, you know, yes, Mom, I'm here, and we're going to work through this together, and I'm going to help you, but I can't do it for you. So again, back to those contracts, it's part of my life lesson to stay here um, because I know through past life regression that I've done on myself that I've taken my life in another life um, because of grief. So in this contract, I made it very clear that I would stay here, I would stay behind. And he wanted me to know that I had to stay behind, I had to do this. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and that's another important thing that, that I have kind of learned through this, and I know this is what you teach, is that, you know, you, you have certain things in life you're supposed to learn, and that if you don't learn it in this lifetime, <laughs> Gonna have to learn it in the next time. So for you, it was in the last time you didn't want to deal with the grief. This time you have to push through and come to the other side with grief. So I think that's something for all of us to wonder about. You know, what is it that we resist? Because whatever we resist in learning in this lifetime, we're probably going to have to do it again. And I and I thought about my ex because I had gone for past <laughs> life regression, and they. And I was hoping, I guess I came back with him many times and had these <laughs> issues with him. And I thought, oh, my God, I better get it right this time because otherwise I'm going to be back with him in another lifetime. And I don't want to do that because it was yes. very miserable for, I'm sure, for him as well as me, is that we had to keep doing this stuff together. So, um, I mean, that's that's the beauty of it. So we have just a couple minutes left, and I, I want to – have you just share with us for anyone who has lost someone or is losing someone or we think of COVID ID, all these people who have passed and people couldn't even be with them, you know, when they passed, you know, like you couldn't be with your son and we couldn't be with Ryan. So um, I was lucky I was with my mother and I was lucky that I was with my sister. Um, but if you're not there and you can't say goodbye, 
you know. Um, what kinds of words of, of uh, compassion can you give us in this next, you know, two minutes here? That they are really still here with us. They never leave. Love truly never dies. It continues. So just really focus on their presence rather than their loss. And it does take time in the grieving process, but learning all you can about how to connect with them or going to a medium um, and finding out what you can because they really do want to talk to you and they want to let you know that they are okay. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And that, like when you say that love never dies and that if, if the one thing that I think helps people to know is they can hear you even like if you're talking to them and saying yes. goodbye and they think that you you know you think that they can't hear you they can right yes i tell my parents that even though you can't hear him he can hear you so talk to him right right mm-hmm. i think that's so beautiful well thank you so much i want to make sure you give your website when then it's time to go Okay, you can find me at www.sassysoulenergyhealing.com or www.sedonasoulsisters.com. And um, you can find my book on Amazon. It's From Death to Life, Being Simple, True Story of Anthony Joseph. Right. And thank you so much for connecting with me today and having yeah. me speak and, and share Anthony's message. Yeah, and Anthony, if you're listening, talk to Ryan and tell him to come and give us some dreams or something. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Okay, God bless. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Minerva and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 830 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks.